Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? I think whatever allows you to operate at your best, that should be you know, the first consideration. If that's you sleeping nine hours, that's okay. It would be a matter of recognizing that and ensuring that you actually give yourself that space. You may have been asked, what's your spirit animal? once or twice in your life. Now, this was supposedly giving you some unique insight into your psyche as a human, but have you ever heard of the concept around your sleep animal? Apparently, most of us fit into the chronotype of being a bear, lion, or wolf. Now, I've done the quiz and I found out that I'm a wolf. The (laughs) explanation of us is that wolves like to go to bed and rise latest of all. They are the night owls. They can be fun-loving and sociable. They like to squeeze the last bit out of every day, often burning the candle at both ends. Yep, that pretty much sounds like me, (laughs) for those that know me. Now, my guest today is Olivia Arezzello, who is a sleep expert. Her primary mission is to improve the lives of others from inside and out and through rapid transformation of her clients based on her practices. Olivia educates that understanding your chronotype is the key to sleeping well. It can supercharge slumber and boost your mood. After nine years of study and countless hours of coaching, Olivia knows that your best night's rest comes when you use chronotype-specific sleep strategies, and she's recently released a book called Bear, Lion or Wolf, How Understanding Your Sleep Type Could Change Your Life, which is now published in over 11 countries. Olivia has been featured in many publications and being a long-time bad sleeper myself, I've been eager to sit down and quiz her on everything she knows on the topic. Olivia, it is so lovely to sit down with you today. I'm super excited because of the topic that you're an expert in. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Michelle. It is an absolute pleasure to be here in the beautiful uh, days of 2023, I think, After a nice holiday period, all of us need a bit of a reset, self-included, and I think sleep is such a a necessary part of that reset. Oh, you're absolutely talking my language, so let's kick straight in then. If there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Sleep. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. So, Olivia, you are um, known as an expert in this space. You've studied and Um, the area for like over nine years and recently released a book. But why is it an area that you're so passionate about? And I'm curious to know, how is it that you got involved in this particular area? Because it's quite unusual, isn't it? Like in terms of your kind of training and stuff. So tell us more about that. Definitely. So why I am so passionate about sleep is because it's my ultimate goal to help people feel their best inside and out. And we all know how great we feel after a great night's sleep inside and out. And we all know how horrible we feel after a bad night's sleep inside and out. And then when you learn the actual science behind it, the increase in stress hormone cortisol, 37%, 
after one night of insufficient sleep, the 70% reduction in human growth hormone, which can occur because of lack of sleep, the increase in beta amyloid, a neurotoxin to contribute to brain fog, memory loss, and even Alzheimer's disease that occurs even after just one night. When you learn all of the evidence around exactly how sleep really does make us feel our best inside and out, that was really a quite a clear moment that I needed to move into the space because that was my goal. It was also when I had private clients and my sleep clients, I was supporting individuals in various modalities, weight loss, mindset, and then I had a few sleep clients and they got really good results. And then they started telling their friends and every second person was coming to me saying, help me with my sleep, help me with my sleep. And I didn't realize it was such a thing because I've never had sleep problems myself. I was going to ask if you have been a good sleeper. So, okay, so there you go. You've never had an issue. So you thought everyone slept like you. <laughs> I, admittedly, like there's been times where I've been super stressed out and, you know, I wake extremely early or, you know, unable to fall asleep after, you know, being at a party all night and dancing my little butt off, you know. Sure, like I have, you know, those uh, inherent challenges that I think most of us face, but, um, you know, that chronic lack of sleep when you are laying there, tossing and turning, unable to get to sleep night after night, month after month, year after year, that's something I haven't experienced and that's something that I wouldn't want anyone to experience, so... Like, so you could, people can work with you in lots of different ways. And the reason I wanted to get you on and talk to you, I heard you on another podcast and I was like, oh my God, this woman, I need her help. <laughs> so selfishly, there's lots of things I'm going to ask you because I have always been, I'd say a light sleeper. You know, I, I sometimes I have a great night's sleep. I know I'm an energetic person. So I, uh, I used to always say I'm flat out or I'm asleep. So when I sleep, I actually, you know, have a really good kind of long sleep if I'm sleeping well. But if something sort of, you know, there's a noise through the night or my husband's snoring or some kind of reason, like back in the day when you used to leave your phone on and someone would text you in the middle of the night and stuff like that, then I would have a real horrid time getting back to sleep. So I would class myself as a, you know, not a great sleeper. The thing about your book as well, I guess that's the thing I wanted to kind of really dig into is you talk about a sleep chronotype. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because that was fascinating for me to learn about. Oh, I'm honoured to fascinate you. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> so a sleep chronotype simply refers to the categorization system of the circadian rhythm. It can be divided into three groups. The early, Those with the earliest phase and like to fall asleep earliest and wake the earliest are categorised as lions. On the other end of the spectrum, those who are wolves have the latest phase. They like to go to bed really late, wake up really late. And then those that fall between the two are called bears and they're the majority of the population. They like to rise and sleep neither early nor late. Although that is, you know, one of the factors in the chronotypes, it's not all of it. Chronotype can also indicate how long you need to sleep for and your typical sleep patterns. And you mentioned you're a light sleeper, and this is often quite common for wolves and for lions as well, if they are stressed out or, you know, working an overwhelming schedule as we do. Whereas bears are typically quite deep, heavy sleepers and the types that, you know, often 
they need nine hours sleep and it, the world can be falling apart and they're just laying sweetly streaming away and you're like how are you even asleep so you are spot on i'm a wolf i did your questionnaire that's on your website and i'll have a link to all that so people can try it themselves and i made my husband do the questionnaire as well because i was absolutely adamant that we were going to be different which we were so i'm your classic wolf i love to get to bed at like late at night i do my best work you know like probably 6 7 p.m to like maybe midnight i'm I'm often still working 11 at 12 and i hate getting up early like it really me getting up at seven is kind of okay but i hate getting up at like five or six like so many of my friends do i'm like no 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 i work late and i realized that actually I work, do my best work in that way. And I've been able to design my career, I guess, and work for myself in a sense that I'm able to work around that. But lots of people aren't. So can you tell us more about the chronotypes then and, and about a wolf and what are the things that I could do, I guess, to sort of, you know, make my life a bit better or to maximize my kind of benefit from that sleep type rather than us being boxed and say we all have to get up early and we all have to go to bed early. Yeah, definitely. I think um, definitely taking my chronotype quiz on my website, finding out the uh, sleep type you are, that's the first step. You, my wolf friend, are in a bit of a challenge situation because wolves, their circadian rhythm is programmed and governed to fall asleep around 12, even 1 o'clock in the morning and to wake up around 8, even 9 o'clock in the morning. Now, if you are a 9 to 5 hour or so, that's not going to be possible, that sleep schedule. So usually what happens is for wolves is that they don't fall asleep until that really late hour, but then they wake up with the rest of the lions and the bears and they find themselves chronically sleep deprived. Now, my first, I guess, suggestion or recommendation is definitely see if you can start a bit later and work a bit later. There's been a lot of, I think, growth in flexibility around working hours, like in specific working timeframes, especially post-COVID. And I like to err on the side of optimism always. And I feel like if you need something and if it's going to make you a more productive, effective worker, a, you know, a senior or a manager or a boss should really consider that and really consider you know, what's best, not just for the company, but also for you as an employee. But then in doing so, you also serve the company the best. Just to interject, I think the work that you're doing and, you know, the literature like your book, I think helps to kind of um, shine the light on the fact that we are all different in this space. So Olivia, and that to me is really important because growing up, it was like almost this connotation that you're lazy. If you don't get up and you're not at the gym by five and you're not in the office at seven, then, you know, you're lazy. I'm like, hang on a minute, but I'm already working 12 hour days, like way more hours than you are. Just because I do it at the end of the day doesn't mean that you're always right. But society always, all my life made me feel that way. So I think, you know, the beautiful work that you're doing actually really helps for people to realize that we are different and that we do operate differently. And, you know, I mean, the terms that I'd always heard were owls and larks and things. So your chronology is really interesting. So, yeah, I think that's fabulous that you, uh, as you say, you can ask your boss at least to um, get them to understand that you do work differently too. Oh, thank you. I, I really like that that's had that impact on you. And that's definitely what I intend for others as well particularly for wolves, they are really at a disadvantage. And it's not their fault, it's just biology. 
And, you know, I feel like many of them are often thinking there's something wrong with them because they simply cannot get up at, you know, 6 a.m. And they read all these articles, you know, like, oh, you know, you've got to get up before the sun and, uh, yeah, seize the day, you know. like. So, yeah, I think that's really, like, helpful for wolves to just understand, actually, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just a circadian rhythm. In a similar way, bears technically need the most sleep. And I know there's many friends, bear friends of mine, you know, mentioned that, um, you know, they really need a lot of sleep and have sort of put a lot of, uh, you know, shame into it. And that like, they're upset. They're like, oh, I needed a lot of sleep. You know, I wish I could just be like you, you know, you just need seven hours sleep, but God, I... I really need my sleep. And, you know, they get quite focused on it, but also annoyed by it. You know, they're thinking, why Why do you need seven hours, but I need nine? What's that about? Like, is there something wrong with me? Is there, you know, a sleep problem? Is it my sleep hours? Is it my bed? You know, they're asking themselves all these questions, right? But actually, it's just your biology. There's nothing wrong with you to need more sleep. I think whatever allows you to operate at your best that should be, you know, the first consideration. If that's you sleeping nine hours, that's okay. Just then uh, it would be a matter of recognizing that and ensuring that you actually give yourself that space. I mean, other than the questionnaire for people to do and to get your book and to understand it, people can actually work with you. Um, you have a sleep school, like online course, don't you as well? Like what does that kind of involve and the things that people can actually get involved in straight away if they are challenged by sleep? I think the first thing I would recommend would be to connect with me either through email or on Instagram and just let me know that you are struggling and that, you know, you've uh, heard me on this fantastic podcast by this great host called Michelle. Yeah, that would be the first step Um, because the thing is that I do have my sleep school, which is an online program, but I also have some really exciting offerings in the next few months in particular, you know, alongside my book, what I'm really creating and what I'm really excited about is a hand-selected sleep kit where I select and provide the sleep tools that you need that are recommended in my book. Rather than asking you to get these products yourself, I'm putting this together in one nice, neat bundle. So alongside reading my book, when you read, okay, I need blue light glasses, you literally have a pair of expert certified glasses in your hot little hands that are going to transform your sleep that night. So that's really exciting and it's not ready just yet, but I did want to mention it because that would be super, super helpful. Um, And that's coming out in the next few months. I love having my course and I love having my book and it's really helpful to understand the science. But at the end of the day, I like change fast. And especially when there's a problem, you know, to read and comprehend and grasp and then order and wait for the delivery and all of this, this is time. If you're struggling with a sleep problem, I don't want you to have to wait one moment longer. Yeah. So that's a really exciting, uh, exciting offering. And um, yeah, looking to have it directly on my website and, you know, in some really beautiful boutique stores and wellness centers, but also in some leading hotels, um, that are in discussion at the moment. So when when you go into the hotel that, you know, you have a really important meeting or something the next day and you don't want to be sleep deprived, you know that you're going to get a great night's sleep and really have that support through an expert giving you the products you need. So 
I'm curious about some of the, um, if there were a couple of key things that you see with people and differences that you've made that have been quite monumental, what, what have they been? My signature bedtime routine, that has been huge for all of my clients. If Yeah, I was going to say most, if not all of my clients. I'm talking, you know, they would have taken an hour, an hour and a half, two hours to fall asleep. And within a week or so of implementing that, they'll be falling asleep within 20, 30 minutes, which is really, really great. Yeah. Another great change with that routine. And, um, you know, my advice has been less nighttime wakings. I've had multiple clients who, you know, they were waking up three, four, five, six times a night within a week of our, you know, this is when I was uh, seeing them privately they would be waking, you know, twice, maybe three times and able to return straight to sleep. That was that was really, really cool because they said that they'd tried everything. And I'm so grateful that they thought that nothing would work, but my advice did. And so step one is to block out blue light by using blue light glasses. Yes, they will be in the sleep kit and I'm co-branding with a brand partner of mine. So they're gonna have my logo on it, which is really cool. And what are they if people listening don't even know what they are? So blue light glasses are glasses that block out blue lights. There's been research that has found that wearing them for two hours before bed can reduce the time it takes you to fall asleep by 78% and it can shift back your sleep time by 2.3 hours. And that's if like if obviously you're reading your phone or, you know, looking at your computer and stuff. But if you're just watching normal telly, do you still get blue light from TV? Yep. Interesting. So yeah, I didn't realize that. I thought it was just more, you know, like your devices, which is kind of what we've learned about the last few years, I guess. But even TV gives blue light. Wow. As does your ceiling lights. It's a common thing. People say, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but you know, I'm just, I'm going, I'm going to bed. I put on the telly and then I just, I keep on waking up and I'm like, how about that? <laughs> What's tip two? Tip two is to apply or intake lavender oil. So lavender oil capsules have been found in clinical trials to reduce anxiety by 45%, which was the equivalent of benzodiazepines, which is a pharmaceutical sleeping pill, which reduced anxiety by 46%. Um, Anxiety may be felt in the evening as an inability to switch off or restlessness, which is something that definitely resonates with many listening, I'm sure. Step three is to disconnect from tech one hour before bed, Mm -hmm. switch off all devices, put them to charge another room. Um, Step four is to have a shower, which helps your body produce melatonin, that sleepiness hormone, when we incur that drop in core body temperature after a shower into a cooler bathroom. After you get out of a shower, you're warm and then you're into a cold bathroom. So what happens is your core body temperature drops. So, because I often have a, at the end of my shower, I have a cool kind of shower to help with my kind of nervous system and stuff. And I'm the kind of person that I've never been out of shower before bed. I find it actually wakes me up. But you're, yeah, am I an anomaly with that? Or is it because I, you know, need to get all these other things right as well and that's a part of it? Or what's your experience with that? Um, I would be interested to understand how cold you're making that shower because having a cold shower is definitely stimulatory, but having a warm shower isn't. So if you're finding that um, 
that your showers are waking you up maybe because they're too cold. Yeah, no, that's more in the morning. But yeah, no, it's a good thing. I'm going to try it. I'll see. (laughs) I'll I'll report back. (laughs) Okay, we're up to step five, which was magnesium. Is that right? Yep, take a magnesium-based sleep supplement. Um, You know, similar to lavender, magnesium is really powerful for anxiety and calms the nervous system. You know, there's been clinical trials which have shown that magnesium reduces anxiety by 31% over the course of four weeks. Step six is to read a book. Of course, read mine. (laughs) This can help reduce stress by up to 68% in the course of six minutes. And then the last step is to wear an eye mask because that protects you from that light emitting melatonin suppressing um, stimulus that will otherwise contribute to lighter sleep throughout the night. So do you, are you the perfect student? Do you do all this stuff every night? And yeah, Definitely not. You're perfect in so many ways. I'm just like, oh, please tell me the sleep expert has, you know, falls off the wagon every now and then as well. But what chronotype are you as well? I'm primarily a lion, but if I'm really excited about something, I can stay up until really, really late and then I can get up really early and it doesn't make sense, but... It's interesting though because I I, know, I definitely know the effect of you know running on adrenaline because you feel really wired and you know alert. But I feel like my sleep needs are very intersected with my mood. In that I notice when I'm feeling really really sad and unmotivated and I can't be bothered, I sleep more like eight nine hours and I just I feel like I just. I just want to sleep all the time. I think it's like my escape mechanism. I'm just, you know, some people party, some people take drugs, I just sleep. And then on the other hand, if I'm really excited and invigorated by something, you know, often if I'm traveling or, you know, I'm just working on a great business idea or, you know, whatever, then I need much less sleep and I can sleep for, you know, six to seven hours and then feel quite rested or more like six hours. And I guess, yeah, I wanted to share that because I think, it's quite normal to have a bit of fluctuation between the chronotypes. And some people might think, well, sometimes I like to get up early and sometimes I like to go to, go to bed late. I don't know if that, you know, what I am, but that's very normal. I'm curious about caffeine when you talk about stimulants and stuff. So I've sort of learned that I don't have coffee. I would have one if maybe two a day. And if I have any more, like my heart, you know, literally jumps out of my chest, but I can't usually have them post 2 p.m. And I've kind of learned that even though I go to bed late, like, you know, 10, 11, 12 at night, but I have heaps of mates that will go out for dinner and they'll have a coffee after dinner and then they'll go to bed quite early as well and they sleep beautifully. I'm like, damn you, (laughs) so unfair. What's the statistics and the, you know, research around caffeine and sleep? Um, So statistically, caffeine will stay in our bodies for eight hours uh, at least. It's half-life. There was a study that found six hours with caffeine ingested six hours before bed. So let's say 4 p.m. for a 10 p.m. bedtime. That reduced sleep time by over one hour. And that was six hours before bed. The statistics uh, highlight that we really need to spend majority if not all of the afternoon caffeine free not that I've seen a recent paper but I can probably assure you that statistically that doesn't happen but (laughs) I think yeah in, in terms of why that might not be the case for you know why some people can go to bed you know short after a coffee it really depends on tolerance um it's very common in the European culture to have that high tolerance for caffeine 
And this means that our bodies are somewhat adapted to intaking that caffeine than are, you know, falling asleep. This happens, you know, through genetics and through generations. Yeah, it's very normal for the European culture. I can link back to biology for that one. Yeah, that's great. Oh, you've given so many tips and tricks and hopefully those listening, if they are like me and have a challenging sleep pattern, then um, they've learned a few things, but also they'll be able to uh, check out all the information, data, access to lots of different things to be able to help people as well. So Olivia, it's been just gorgeous to chat to you today. Thank you so much for helping people sleep better and uh, adding so much quality to their lives because um, yeah, it's underrated. I must admit, and, you know, in terms of actually sleep and how much of a difference it does make to your life, to your point about changing your life. So um, thank you for doing the work you do. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favour? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com. Listener.